Welcome to the Celebration Church Podcast. We are so glad you've joined us and we hope you are encouraged by today's message. Good morning, church. Would you please help me welcome in everyone joining us via church online from somewhere around the world, including the Weems, who may just be tuning in from uh, Kaylin's wedding. We're so excited for you guys as a church. We all just celebrate. We watched Kaylin grow up in our church through our, our children's ministry and youth ministry. And, and she was part of the church planting team. You guys know that? When they planted the church here, she was part of the team. She was a little baby at the time. And here she is. We've got a little picture that we're going to put up at the screen of the wedding yesterday to show you what it looked like. Come on now. Pastor Tarek officiating the wedding. You know Pastor Tarek. It was beautiful. As Pastor Kerry says, they're the most perfect day ever. We couldn't be more happy for them. Man, I'll tell you what. What an honor to get to share just for these next few minutes the Word of God with you. You guys, this may be the easiest message I've ever preached. This place is on fire this morning. Anybody else feel it? I know some of you online. I hope you feel it where you are. This room is filled with faith. You've heard some great word already around the, the time we take with communion. Pastor Clay shared a, a great teaching around that, real practical application of the, the scriptures, the word of God. You know that you have a church that's filled with, with pastors that we just love God's word. I, don't, I hope you're happy. I hope you're real proud of that, man. Your pastors, we love God's word. We love to chew on it, pull it apart, look at it, study it in depth, find new creative ways to share it with you that'll help change your life and help you fall in love with Jesus over and over again every single week. And that all comes from our pastor, Pastor Stovall. That's his heart. And he imparts that to all of us on the pastoral staff. So, so thanks, Pastor Stovall, for creating a hunger for God's word in the hearts of your staff so we can feed it to the church. Amen. Come on, why don't you flip open your Bibles? Come on, paper Bibles are back. I'm so glad. I was the first one to look up the Bible on my Palm Pilot like 12 years ago from the stage of Midtown. I'm glad paper Bibles are back, to be honest, man. Mark chapter two, why don't you flip there real quick. I'm just gonna have you for a few more minutes. You've heard some good word. The atmosphere's charged with faith. Um, man, I really, I, as God prepared me for this message, as I sought the Lord and, and really prayed about what to share with you, I think it's gone in line with everything that's been said, everything Marie said as she led us through worship and the different responses there and, and everything that Clay said with communion. So um, I wanna encourage you, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna have, we're gonna have one more sign of prayer. You're gonna have Pastor John pray over you before you go. All right, so tune in just for these next few minutes. I know the world is waiting for you, don't worry. They'll save your table at Shoney's. You know what I'm saying? You don't have to rush out of here. Waffle House is open 24 hours a day, no need to rush. So just bear with me just for a few minutes. Mark chapter two, let me read this to you. It's a story about Jesus and, and a man uh, that he not only forgives, but heals. And it's a story, if we look at it, and we're gonna pull it apart today, it's a story about how he changed in an instant a man's identity. It's been a big theme during the revival time has been labels and identity and, and finding your true identity in Christ. And that's why I really wanted to share you, this with you today. This, this word is powerful. This account is powerful. And I have a, a little testimony to share about how God's done this in my life as well. So let's read this account. It says, a few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, his hometown, the people heard that he had come home. I know you're saying, but wasn't he born in Bethlehem, right? Bethlehem, Nazareth later in life. And then when he started his ministry, he actually headquartered that out of this fishing village, Capernaum, on the shores of the, uh, the Sea of Galilee. So they gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left, not even outside the door. And he preached the word to them. There's the word. Some men came, bringing to him a paralyzed man, carried by four of them. 
since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it and then lowered the, man, the mat the man was lying on. When Jesus saw their faith, everybody say their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, son, your sins are forgiven. Never want to pass that by whenever I, I read through this account. The fact that his friends had faith enough to drag him to Jesus when they knew that he had a need. He couldn't get off the mat himself, don't worry. He had a few friends around him that believed that their actions would bring change in his life. Verse six, now some teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? This is their, their, their internal voice. Immediately, Jesus knew in his spirit that this is what they were thinking in their hearts. Pause again there, right? Jesus can read your mind. He knows your thoughts before you think him. I know in this point, he's, he's intuitive. He knows, their, he knows their doctrine. He knows their philosophy, their, their theories. He knows their relationship with God through the old covenant. He understands that, and he knows how shocking it must be to, to hear a man, not God, but a man stand up in their midst and say, son, your sins are forgiven. He knows how that must make them feel internally, and he says to them, why are you thinking these things? Which is easier, to say to this paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up, take your mat, and walk. But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. He got up, he took his mat, walked out in full view of them all. And this amazed everyone, and they, they praised God, saying, we have never seen anything like this. Something new is happening. Pastor Clay shared around the, the, the communion today that the old covenant was a covenant in the shedding of blood of animals to cover sin. Jesus was establishing something new that had never been experienced in all the earth. And he was establishing it here. The people were amazed. We've never seen anything like this. Let me point to the paralyzed man. The paralyzed man, he doesn't even have a name. He's just called the paralyzed man. Many of the miracles that Jesus performed were for people that remain anonymous. They're only known by their infirmity or the thing that Jesus healed in them. This man is defined by his circumstance. His label defines him. His past experience, he was paralyzed yesterday, he's paralyzed today. He is the paralyzed man. Everyone knows him by his infirmity. But remember this. The longer we carry a label, the less it describes what has happened to us in our past and the more power it has to define our future. It's very important for us to know in the story that this man, his, his past paralysis, suffering, his present condition, there's a danger here that the past and the present could define his future. I've always been paralyzed. I'm paralyzed here right now. I will always be a paralyzed man until this day when he came face to face with the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings, Jesus Christ, God come to earth, Emmanuel, God with us. Jesus is present in the room and by faith, his friends drag him there into God's presence and his identity from his past is erased in a moment, transformed from the paralyzed man to the man that Jesus healed and forgave and set free. In a moment, in an instant, everything changes for this man. There's just a couple things I wrote down in here that I want to bring out today, and then I'm going to bring it forward and just, just pray for you. There's a couple things I notice that every one of us needs if we're going to experience that, 
that game-changing moment, that life-changing, transforming moment. And one of those things that matters so much is the faith of those around us. The faith of those around you, it matters. If you're gonna, you're gonna see God transform your past, you're gonna be able to let go of your past, you're gonna be able to walk into the new reality with the past gone, the old is gone and the new has come. If you're gonna be able to do that, the faith of those around you, it really matters. These guys, I love them, man. They got some grit, don't they? These guys climb up, they get to their, their friend to Jesus. They get him to Jesus, they can't get in the room, no problem, we'll climb up on the roof. We are going to rip the tiles and the hay and the straw and the brick away from the roof. We are gonna get our friend down there to Jesus because if we can get our friend to Jesus, his condition will be changed forever. These guys got some grit, they're tough. They're tough. I love how it says in 1 Timothy chapter six that faith is a fight. Do you know that? The scripture says that faith is a fight. I think we sometimes think, you know, faith is this just ooey gooey feeling. Oh, I feel my faith arising inside of me. Oh, in the worship songs, whoo, hallelujah. You just, you're feeling it. It's like this, it's out there in the ether somewhere. It's something that just, you know, every once in a while I feel the faith to do it. Let me tell you this, faith is a fight. Faith is a fight. You ever been in a fight? I've, I've, I've not been in many fights in my life. I've all yeah, had my way out of most of them. I'll promise you that. When I was a kid, I got in a couple of scraps. Since becoming an adult, not many fights for the all yeah guy. But let me tell you this. Think about like boxers. Think about the, the boxers, right? Think about what that looks like. Two trained athletes, blood, sweat, and tears in the ring against their opponent. Not to mention the countless thousands of hours of training and conditioning it took to prepare them for that moment in the ring. Blood, sweat, tears, hard work. If faith is a fight, how about those adjectives to describe our faith? How about those adjectives? Faith is blood, sweat, tears, hard work, sacrifice, discipline. It's, it's get, you get knocked down, you get right back up again off the mat and you keep following Jesus. That's, that's what faith is and you need friends like that around you if you're going to go from your past labels and your past circumstance into the future definition that God has for you. You're gonna need friends to carry you into that. Pastor Stovall calls them a few church friends. You gotta have them. When I first got saved, I had a few church friends. They made sure I always came to church. They made sure that I, when I started to get off track with God's word, they brought me right back in. And it wasn't a punitive thing or a, you know, some kind of judgmental thing where they were constantly watching me and tracking my progress, anything like that. We were just friends. And we kept each other on track with God. They kept, we kept each other filled with faith. Our faith stirred up. When, when you need a friend alongside you to keep the, the energy level high and stay fired up for God, you need a few friends around you. The faith of those around you matters if you wanna leave your old labels behind and press into the new destiny that God has for you, amen? Amen, another thing I wrote down, and this is where I'm gonna land this airplane for sake of time, right? I could preach about this stuff all day long because I've experienced it myself. I'll tell you this, God can use your past to change someone's future. God can use your past to change someone's future. In that, that passage, in verse 11, Jesus says to the man, get up, take your mat, and go home. He, he got up, he took his mat, he walked out in, few, in full view of them all. He was amazed everyone, and they, they praised God. Praise was on their lips. They praised God, saying, we've never seen anything like this. I'm always curious about this one part in the passage. I asked this question today. Why does he think God has him take up his mat and take it with him? He does this, this, this appears in the three synoptic gospels. This is Matthew, Mark, and Luke, the same account. In all three accounts, he, he has the man take up his mat and take it with him. Now, if I was doing this, I'd be like, hey man, 
you're healed. Get up, jump up and down in your combat boots on that mat right there, break it into a million pieces, wave a banner high and take a lap, man. You're healed, you're forgiven. Come on, let's go, let's go, let's go. It's time to praise the Lord. That's, that's all, yeah, God, that's, that's how I would do it. I'm like, what's he gonna need his mat for? This is a permanent healing. It's not like a temporary healing. You're gonna need your mat again later. You know, he, he heals him, but he tells him to take his mat. He tells him to take his mat with him. Why is that? Well, let me tell you. This uh, town that they lived in, Capernaum, this town is a small town, right? They, th they think about 1,500 people or so lived in Capernaum at this time. Small town, right? It, it, basically, the footprint of this town was smaller than the land that we're sitting on here at the arena. Small town. Everybody knows everybody. Everybody knows everybody's business. Anybody ever live in a small town? Come on. I grew up in a small town, 450 people in the town. Capernaum was a metropolis compared to the town that I grew up in. Everybody knows everybody. They would have known this man. This isn't Jacksonville where you pass people on a street corner that you'll never see again. This is a person that they knew. This man had a name to them. We might not see it in the account, but this person is somebody they knew. He's the paralyzed man and they would know his name, whatever it was. They'd know the color of his cloak. They'd know the, the smell as they walked by him. They'd know what he looked like in his face. This was a real human being to them. They would know exactly what the mat looked like. They'd know maybe its color, its texture. They would know everything about that mat and they would see him over and over again. This is not a time when people traveled very much. They would see him over and over again and they would know that's the paralyzed man. So when Jesus tells him, take up your mat and take it with you. Everything changes. Everything changes and he has this mat that used to carry him. He used to ride around on that mat. He was mastered by that mat. And now he's got that mat under his arm. He's carrying his mat with him everywhere he goes. People see that mat that used to carry him, he is carrying it. The mat that used to master him, he has mastered it. The mat that used to define him, he now defines in a new way, in a powerful and new way. He's no longer the paralyzed man on the mat. Now he is the man with the mat that Jesus has healed and set free. It changed everything for him. In that one moment with Jesus, and the mat had become the message. The mat became the message that Jesus is present, Jesus is here, anything could happen. Supernatural power from heaven is present and accessible to all those who have faith enough to get to him. If you got four friends that can break through a roof, if you got faith in yourself to get in his presence, he can transform your life in an instant. The things that used to define you can no longer define you. The things in your present circumstance that can define you, they no longer have to define you. But instead, Jesus has a new description for you, a new definition for you, a new way for everyone in the world to see you. And it all has to do with the presence of God and that moment that you had with him where your life changed forever. Amen. Come on. I hope I got a church full of people who are excited about the power of God intersecting with our lives. I'm telling you. So here's what I want to pray for you today. Here's what I want to pray for you today. Like, like I said, I know, don't worry, the day's waiting for you out there, but I want to invite you. Let's go ahead and stand to our feet. Let's go ahead and stand to our feet. Pastor John wants to pray for you. So don't don't be in a hurry, man. Come on, we got five more minutes together. Woo! I believe that God's gonna do something awesome in your life. He's already speaking to you this morning. I believe that. You know, when I was growing up in that small town, 
I remember the first label that I ever received. It was in middle school, or elementary school. No, middle school, I was a sixth grader. You guys know me now. You didn't know me then. Before Christ, I met Jesus when I was 23. Before Christ, I was defined by labels that I received in middle school. The first label that I can remember from when I was a kid, I was called the instigator, the ringleader, the rebel. I know it sounds cool, doesn't it? It sounded cool to me when I was in sixth grade. It went on to define me, define my choices, define my decisions. I was hurt and broken inside, and so I had a thing against authority. You don't believe that now, but trust me. Ask anybody who was there. Ask my parents. They had to suffer through it. It defined me. It defined a lot of mistakes that I made. I lost a lot of things that were really good in my life because I would cast off authority. In high school, I lost privilege to play sports and athletics because I was addicted to drugs and to alcohol. I went to college for two years, was kicked out of college for rebellion. I was kicked off the campus. I wasn't allowed back on. I had to finish out my classes, sleeping in the basement of an off-campus house, sneaking on class, finishing my classes for the last few weeks, and then I was gone. Moved a thousand miles away from home because I was so mad at my parents and I didn't want to have anything to do with them. This is before cell phones. They couldn't reach me. I didn't have a phone on purpose. I tried to get as far away from my past as I could because I was hurting so much. And it all traced back now. I can look at it with hindsight to the labels that were placed on me. Rebel, instigator. He'll never amount to anything. He's a troublemaker. I want to invite you today. And maybe some of you are here and you had labels that were placed on you when you were a kid. You may have already brought these to the altar during the revival at some point, but I want to pray for you. I know this room is full of people, man, that you feel hurt. You feel, we raised our hands earlier for, man, you've got something, a storm that you're right in the middle of. I want to tell you today, there's a great exchange that can take place for you today. A hurt, a brokenness on the inside of you that you can leave up here at the altar if you'd like. It might take your faith to get up here, or maybe somebody dragged you to church today and you need them to lower you through the roof and get you down to the altar today. But I'm gonna pray for it. And there's something powerful that's released when we come forward. You can pray in your seats, you can pray anywhere. You can pray in your car while you're driving. Don't close your eyes. But you can come forward to this altar. There's something powerful. Our faith is stirred when we follow God because it doesn't make any natural sense to us to come out of our seats and come forward to an altar for prayer. But it's a powerful moment that can transform your life forever. And what I want to pray for you today is people who have been defined by labels, you've been bothered by hurt, things have been burning inside of you, driving your decisions, they've driven you away from your family. These are things that have, have you've lost the good things in your life because of the choices that you've made because of your past. I'm here to tell you today, Jesus is here to give you a fresh start in it all. Amen. So on the count of three, all around this room, I just want to invite you forward. Nothing spooky. I'm just going to pray for you. If you need your friend to bring you, if you brought somebody and you're looking over at them and you're like, nudge them right now, tell them, hey, I'm taking you down there. One, two, three. Come on forward. I want to pray for you. Come on. Yeah. Give them a hand. Come on forward. If there's something that's been pulling you away from God's presence, today is the day of a great exchange. The mat is gonna become the message today. This is the moment for you guys. Excited for you guys. All right, praise the Lord. Come on down. Come on, keep cheering them on, church. Let's go. This is the day of a great exchange for you guys. I promise you.
so excited for you. This is not church as usual. You are never gonna be different. You're never gonna be the same after what God does in your heart today. I don't say that standing on my own promises. I stand on the promises of God that are yes and amen. The promises of God say that if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but it's Christ that lives in me. The life I live by, the life I live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. It's a new life. It's a new day for each one of you. So proud of you, so excited for you. Keep coming, don't be afraid. So proud of you guys. Yeah, come on, they're still coming. Let's go, let's go, all right. Come on, man, anybody coming through the roof? All right, nobody being lowered from the catwalk that I can see yet, but we're good. Love you guys, so proud of you. It was a big day for me. That Something I realized right after I got saved, it was that scripture I just said, it's 2 Corinthians 5, 17. It's that passage that says, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation, the old is gone. The new has come. I had a revelation of that when I first got saved, that that was true. And that the old John Wyatt only lived to be 23. He's dead and buried in Christ. And I know that sounds kind of weird, but like I had a revelation of that. My baggage and my labels and my pain and my hurt from the past, none of it survived. None of it lives today. It's all dead and buried with Christ. And I no longer, now I live. I live, no, no old labels on this John Wyatt. That's not who, who I was is not who I am today. Do you see it? And it's not because of anything I did, it's because of what Jesus did for you and for me. He's no respecter of persons. The same thing he did for me, I believe he's gonna do it for you right now. So come on, man, let's all bow our heads together. Let's all bow our heads together. I do wanna say this first. If anyone needs to make their peace with God, you need to receive Jesus. Jesus, you've no, you can't remember a time you ever prayed and you asked Jesus to be your Lord and your Savior. You can't remember a time you did that. Or maybe you walked with him once and today you wanna to come home. Today is the day you want a, a fresh start with God. You wanna make him your Lord. You wanna receive him as Savior, fresh and new today. All throughout the room, not just those who are at the altar, but if that's you today, you wanna make a fresh start with Jesus, would you just raise your hand? I know there's a room this big, there's hundreds. Amen, amen. So excited for you guys. This is the best decision ever. This is a fresh start with Jesus. This is receiving him as your Savior and your Lord. It's a commitment you make today, and it's something you walk out for the rest of your life. Amen, amen. You can put them down. It's kind of like a wedding. You know, the wedding lasts a day, the marriage lasts a lifetime. That's, that's the way it is with Jesus. It's that decision is just in a moment. I decide to follow you, and now we walk that out. Let's every head bowed and every eye closed. I'm gonna lead you in a prayer. Let's say this prayer together. Say, dear Jesus, I've run from you in the past and I'm sorry. Today, I receive you as my savior. And Jesus, I make you my Lord. You're the Lord of my life. I'll put you first. Fill me with your spirit so I can follow you with everything I've got for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name. And now let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, that your word says it is strong for the tearing down of strongholds. Power is released when the name of Jesus is set aside, God. When it's set high above our circumstance, when the name of Jesus is lifted high, God, we know that you draw all men and women to yourself. And so we set the name of Jesus over our past, God. I thank you for each of these that have come forward the altar and even those that didn't, all those that are joining us. God, I thank you that right now the great exchange is taking place. I pray for revelation of that scripture that the old is gone and the new has come. That the old labels that defined them in the past are no longer existing, God. But today they are a new creation in Christ Jesus. I thank you just like the man on the mat 
God, you, he was the paralyzed man and now he is the man that Jesus healed. And 2,000 years later, we're still telling the story about how one moment in the presence of God changed his life and his destiny forever. So God, I thank you that the same thing is happening for us here, right now at this altar. Release those things of the past that have hurt you. Release those labels. If God's brought one to your mind, speak it out. Say, I am no longer that. I am no longer that thing. I am no longer that way. I'm no longer a liar. I'm no longer an adulterer. I don't know what you brought to the altar today, but leave it here. I'm no longer a bad husband. I'm no longer a bad wife. I'm no longer a bad parent. I'm no longer broken. I'm no longer hurt. I'm no longer wounded because Jesus has made me whole. I was broken and now I am whole. I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus and through him I can do all things that give me, I can do all things. God, he gives me strength to do all things that I'm a great husband in Jesus' name. I'm a great wife in Jesus' name. I'm a great parent in Jesus' name. Just receive that, that's true about you. Speak it over yourself. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. The old is gone and the new has come today. I receive that new life that you have for me in Christ, in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Welcome to the Celebration Church Podcast. We are so glad you've joined us and we hope you are encouraged by today's message. 